Hello again and welcome inside the Adam Jones Podcast. It is a live edition here at the Baltimore Soundstage. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's the former five-time All-Star Adam Jones. We're close to the mics. Chip Franklin back in San Diego. And again, we have a live audience here. Make yourself heard. Now, this is the very first time that Adam and I have done a podcast in the same room. Not the last... Not the last. I hate to inform Adam of that, as we will be out in a couple of places coming up in the next few weeks, including Hollywood Casino Perryville on August the 2nd. How are you feeling, AJ, with this crowd? Oh, it's amazing. Again, the energy is here. The energy in the city is here. It's hotter than all hell outside. AC in here. Everybody's cool. It's so hot outside, I know. Um, but no, it's this energy is great. I just appreciate the support. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in Baltimore in a sporting capacity you've stopped through to see family over the last couple of years but it's it's amazing to see the support so I, I greatly appreciate everybody that came here and before we bring out our special guest i do want to ask you about being mr splash how that came to fruition it seemed like the orioles made the announcement yesterday but maybe this was in the works secretly for a while uh they asked me and uh we gave it some thought and logistically it worked out and uh, i'll be there tomorrow night spraying the hell out of whoever's there how many innings? About, I don't care about extra base hits. I think that the thing is about you got to spray with extra base hits. It's going to be 105, supposedly. <laughs> You're going to spray I'm, after I'm, every pitch. I'm spraying per pitch. Okay? <laughs> I'm spraying my damn self, too. How many innings do you think you're going to last? I don't know. It's it, depending on the heat and depending if I want to get back and get some boogs and get back to the suite and chill wow. and some AC. You know what I mean? It just depends on, just depends on how, uh, how hot I get. All right, well, it'll be up to the Orioles to produce. And speaking of the Orioles, let's bring in our special guest over 10 years in the major leagues. He's a former twin, a former Yankee, but now he's an Oriole. Let's hear it for Aaron Hicks. Well, Aaron, thank you for coming, especially, uh, you know, it was terrible to see you get injured. Uh, Adam just happened to be in town. The Yankees just happened to be in town this weekend. So, first of all, let's begin with your health. Let's get an update as you're on the IR. What's the issue? And uh, I got to go back to where that play occurred. There was a discrepancy on whether or not you made the catch there against the Phillies. Uh, did you make the catch? Yeah, I made the catch. All right. No second guessing there. <laughs> Even though I may have seen something roll out of your glove. It, it wasn't a baseball, though. I'm True. Sure. But, you know, it was called a, a catch. It so, therefore, <laughs> and it's still ruled a catch. It was a catch. <laughs> and as far as uh, an update with your health and everything, how's it coming along? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hamstring's starting to feel a lot better. Um, so, you know, just... Just working on the progress, and hopefully everything goes great. Is there a plan ahead, uh, a schedule that you've been given yet, or is it still unknown? Uh, it's still kind of unknown. Uh, it's pretty much whenever I feel good and feel strong is when we'll start testing it out and, and getting going. All right, well, uh, Adam, you got some. Questions. I'm going to get on the real stuff. Jerry's going to be soft. Look at the big red, the, you know, the big machine is coming to town, obviously, and they're coming to town as a last place team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't think of the last time they came here as a last place team and a first place team uh, with the Orioles. You've seen both situations. You went to Twins, been with the Yankees as a first place team. You faced the Orioles in multiple scenarios. Mm -hmm. 
How is it different now being on this side, being in the black and orange, being being the you know again Minnesota's the doubters, but now you're in the mm-hmm. doubter in the east. It's a little mm-hmm. different there. How's it been in Birdland? Uh, it's been great in Birdland. You know, uh, as soon as I got here, I've been I've been getting mad love from the fans, and um, you know that's definitely what what's kind of helped uh, you know kickstart my uh, start to you know playing better and. Um, you know, it's been, it's been so much fun ever since I got here. The, the, the team has been great. Um, like I said, the, the fans have been awesome and it's just been nice, you know, to, to go out there and just play comfortable, play loose and, and be me. What's been your biggest thing that has helped you like just relax and get back to baseball? New York is different. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, you know, you walk down the street, get a cup, cup of coffee, they complain about you use two sugars. Like you shouldn't have, only should have used one. You got you know. so. What has been the biggest help coming to Baltimore? Definitely a re- more relaxed city, and just mm-hmm. get into just like, I'm in baseball mode. Uh, like I said, man, just kind of kind of feeling the love, you know, kind uh, of feeling the love and and being able to uh, be myself, be me. Uh, I get to finally have a beard, so that's nice. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, like I said, just uh, you know, being able to play free, and that's it, pretty much. Orioles used to have a facial hair policy uh, that went away. Adam, Adam made sure they chased that away. Well, Vladimir Guerrero, <laughs> is that who it was? Yeah, he got that. Yeah, he got that. I got. I got to ask. Nah. I got to ask Aaron because I mean, you were kind of known Adam as a trash talker. Who, who's the <laughs> biggest trash talker right now? You would say, I don't know. In the Orioles clubhouse and outside the Orioles clubhouse. And I'm talking about Major League Baseball. You said, who's the trash talker? Yeah, who, who's the tra- is there a trash talker inside the Orioles locker room? And is there someone around baseball that may stand out as a, as a guy that, you know, talks a lot of junk? <laughs> Um, I, nobody on the nobody on this team is a trash talker. No, too young. Uh, I think they're too young to start talking. <laughs> you know, uh, they, yeah, they're just trying to get their feet wet and get going in their big league uh, careers. But uh, yeah, so who's you played against? That some big trash talkers then? Besides me, according to Jerry. Yeah, I was gonna say you. Uh, uh man, trash talkers. Uh, I mean, CC's a trash talker. But in a good way, though, in a good way. Um, man, who's – Donaldson, he's a trash talker. I like him. Um, <laughs> Who don't you like? <laughs> Manoa. Yeah, I, like, I like a lot of people. What about Manoa? He seems like he'd he oh, play to say yeah. something. I like him. I like, I like Manoa. The spot right now. I like Manoa. <laughs> I like to be drama-free. All right. <laughs> Well, here I got another less dramatic yeah, question. You're, you know, you're being portrayed as like Aaron Hicks has found this new life in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that an accurate portrayal? After it seems like the Yankees just gave up on you. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I wasn't really getting too many opportunities uh, this year with them, and um, and then ultimately just got uh, got DFA'd and um, was just waiting for a call. Orioles called and. You know, put me right into uh, the middle of the lineup, and you know, uh, started playing center field every single day, and then just kind of hit uh, hit a groove. And uh, you know, luckily, um, you know, I was here and had a team that uh, wanted me to play, and I was able to kind of prove myself. Love it. How does a situation like that happen, or like the the moves? Most people don't know DFA, and you know, obviously under a contract. Um, if a team picks you up, they have to assume your contract. Mm-hmm. How does that? 
work on the backsides of it and, and underseen and the behind the scenes with family. It's, you know, everybody just thinks, oh, you're making all this money to where your family is not affected. No, your family's affected greatly by all these moves that's made. So give us a, a behind the scenes uh, of how uh, the moves were made. Yeah. So uh, I got DFA'd in uh, Cincinnati. So, you know, as soon as that happens, you go in, you, you talk to the manager, uh, um, you know, he pretty much tells you that you're no longer a part of the team. And, um, you know, now, you know, they no longer, you know, consider you a part of their team. So right after that, then, you know, came, went home to, uh, to New York, uh, me and my family packed up and, uh, left back to Arizona and, you know, you're pretty much sitting there waiting for, you know, a call. Uh, but there's a seven day period that a lot of people don't know about where you're literally just there waiting around um, because until the team officially releases you from your contract, from whatever you got going on, um, you know, then a team can call and, you know, actually, if you still want to play. Well, you called me. I remember that. And I told Audie, I was like, Hey, Hicks might go to Baltimore. <laughs> I'm like, that'd be the perfect place for him because he's going to play your switch hitter. When you get a switch hitter, you get two for the price of one. Mm -hmm. And it's a place where, again, you're going to get to go against your team, but at the same time, you're going to get, you're going to get to play and you're not, the media is again, New York media is different. Mm -hmm. I was blessed to be here in New York media. Again, they ask you how many, I mean, how many uh, sugars you need? But, uh, <laughs> More of the Adam Jones podcast after this word from our sponsors. By our good friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by... Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Sure smells like Royal Farms fried chicken. Best fast food fried chicken in America. You ever try it? Hey, you hungry? Royal Farms, world famous chicken. If you haven't tried it, you don't know what you're missing. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. And now back to the Adam Jones podcast with Orioles center fielder Aaron Hicks. Being here, has that helped you just mentally? 
just like say, you know, well, hey, I got five, six years left in, in my body. Obviously, you know, you, you're getting old. You know, you get, <laughs> you know, I know, I know you. you know, I did get pinch ran for for the <laughs> like first two weeks. I was like, yo, what, what are we doing? Like, I'm still, still fast, y'all. Like, I still got it. <laughs> but they're like, yo, we got Jorge Mateo. He's the fastest in the big leagues. I'm like. Uh, yeah, come get me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you went back to Yankee Stadium as an Oriole and got the Bronx cheer, I guess. The, the Yankees did a video tribute to you. Did you know that was coming? Yeah. 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 I mean, um, you know, as far as far as the organization is concerned, um, I mean, I, I love being a Yankee. You know, I loved having fun there. I enjoyed uh, the teammates, uh, the teams that I was able to play on, you know, playing on a playoff team every single year. Um, it was fun, you know. So, um, you know, I knew that, you know, they were going to do right by me by being able to, you know, I was there for, you know, eight years. So that's uh, a lot of time, a lot of moments. Um, and, you know, they, they told me that they were going to give me a good video and stuff like that. And so, I mean, while I was there, I enjoyed it, you know. Um, now, on the flip side of that, I also enjoyed – um, you know, competing against them, you know, being able to come back and, you know, try to do everything possible to make sure we win in those games uh, <laughs> was, uh, you know, was huge for me. The AL East is something else, isn't it? I, you spend most of your career in, in that division, just like Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the ALs, AL East is a monster right now. You know, uh, obviously you can tell from the records that every team, I think, in the AL East has a winning record. And, um, you know, that just proves how, how good our team is. You know, the, the fact that we're atop um, so many good teams is, uh, is awesome. How good did it feel hitting a home run there, though? <laughs> Yeah, that home run felt amazing. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody, uh, you know, at either game that they went to knew that I was trying to go deep. Like, <laughs> that's about the only thing that was on like my mind. <laughs> Is there animosity between these two teams? Or maybe I'm reading too much into it, but the last time they met in the Bronx, I know it was a blowout. Orioles were up something like 14 nothing. Brandon Hyde comes out, gets ejected in like the seventh inning. I, it, to me, it looks like the Yankee – Pitcher was trying to throw at the Oriole batters, but again, I only played seven years of Little League. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I think uh, I think that's the first time a manager has ever been thrown out of the game being up by 13. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Correct with that. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's just going to come down to, you know, who can do the little things and, um, you know, who can play, uh, you know, air-free baseball. You've been on playoff teams. Obviously, the Orioles are headed that direction. Mm-hmm. What do they need and or don't need going forward? Because a lot of people are saying they need to go get the starting pitcher. They need to go get a reliever. They need to go get this. They need to go get that. As a player between the lines, we always say, I don't need nobody. I need the guy that's with me. Mm-hmm. As a media member, it's you always throw ideas of like who could be what and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as someone who's been in the big markets and on teams that have been buyers, now you're in a buyer's you're in a buyer's market again. Um, what can the or how can the orders improve if they need to improve? Uh, I think 
as a, a player on the team, we need to focus on in-house. So how can we win games consistently and win series consistently um, as a team right now? You know, obviously, you know, I don't get paid to do that. You know, I get paid to, to do my job on the field and um, help my team win. You know, so uh, as far as right now, I think we just need to eliminate mistakes, uh, play clean baseball um, and, you know, beat the teams we're supposed to beat. Trade deadlines coming up. Is there chatter in the clubhouse any way in any direction about that? Obviously, you know, guys like you aren't going to be moved, but it's acquiring players. Is, is that sort of the conversation or is it silent in there about that? Um uh, I don't think they're too worried about the trade deadline. I think they're just more worried about uh, competing every single day. Um, you know, and that's and that's what I like about this team. They're they're worried about competing every single day with who they got. Um, and you know, obviously, it's it's mad love in the clubhouse, and everybody's out to to help each other. And um, you know, that's what's fun about this team. Well, before I let you go, I want to know: Can you help me with one thing in my life? You need me to help you with your golf game. Uh oh. <laughs> Can you help me break 80? I'm working on it. I need to break 80. I've been trying. I got the 84. I'm, I'm tired. I've been losing golf balls. Golf's expensive. My wife's mad. I'm playing everywhere I go. And I mean, it's, it's me. okay to buy those top flights, man. We keep losing them all. <laughs> I get refurbished balls. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, I can help you out with your golf game, man. Come see, come see me in the offseason. You know where I'm at. Can you and, teach uh, him tennis? Ooh. I, I don't play tennis. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get him on the court. He keeps avoiding me. <laughs> yeah. All right, before I let you go, I got a loaded question. I think our fans may like this. If George Steinbrenner were running the Yankees right now, would Aaron Boone still be employed? <laughs> I, n I never got to meet the boss. So, um, I'm, <laughs> I have no comment on that. Uh, I tried. Uh, what was the boss like uh, for you, Adam? The boss was stern, and he, he was imposing. He was 5'7", but stood 6'7". <laughs> yeah, he was imposing. Suit, uh, suit and tie every day. I knew I could take him, but I knew I, I, knew I couldn't at the same time. <laughs> Well, Aaron, we do appreciate you coming by, especially as uh, you're dealing with this injury. You're a man of your word, and we're very, very happy. And it's our pleasure to have you on the Adam Jones podcast. Thanks yeah, for being thank you very much. Thank let's you. welcome him to Baltimore. Yeah, thank you, guys. You've known Aaron for a while. Uh, you guys go back to the Arizona days, I guess, right? Yeah, well, we go back to when he got caught up with the Twins, and uh, I heard he was a California kid, so it I gravitate to my Californians by just nature of weights. And uh, I just heard he was a good golfer also. And then I got to see him take BP, and then he robbed me of a hit. And I was like, hold on. Nah. <laughs> Who is this kid? And I looked back at him, and I got to learn about him, and then got to know him. And I've known him for – we're going on 10 years now. Yep. Uh, and um, he's just been – he's just been great. You know, he's been a fantastic baseball player, but off off the field, he's just been awesome. Um, we've hung out many times. We've golfed a few times. And, uh, you know, I look forward to – obviously, I'm in retirement. He has some years to go before he, he gets there, but uh, hopefully he can help me get under 80. Well, that – and we should explain that it was, again, very gracious of him to come out. He's injured right now, and this is an off night. During a major league season, those hey, are pretty darn valuable. He's not doing nothing. Yeah, spare me. Uh, 
of these young guys like, oh, my God, my family in town. I got my girlfriend in town. You're doing nothing. You guys, you young guys are not going out to eat at these high-end restaurants. You go, come on, spare me. I was there before. I know the excuse. It's always a built-in excuse that my family's in town. Great excuse. No one can ever refute it. But let's spare me. Spare ourselves. You're not, you're not 29 with kids, and now you're 24 with a girlfriend, and she wants to go out and eat also. Let's, let's How many honest. shows did you go on during your off night in the major league? Uh, the, there wasn't things like this back in those days. So the opportunities weren't like this. You didn't do like radio call? No, there like wasn't that. like that. Generally, you do radio during the day. Nothing is at night. So I never had uh, anything, but I just partied. <laughs> well, it worked out nicely. It worked out nicely. All right. Time now for our next segment. We do this regularly. It's called our For the Birds segment. All right, let's bring in John Mioli, who's been covering the Orioles for a long time and now, of course, for the Baltimore Banner. Uh, real quickly, John, uh, this is uh, not a topic we had, I had prepared, but your feelings on the wave. Adam is a big fan of it. We've debated it on the podcast. I think, I, I think it's run its course. Uh, how do you feel as a jaded longtime baseball writer about the wave? Um, I, I was really fortunate for a long time to not have to pay to go to baseball games, and I think if you do pay – uh, to an extent, you can do whatever you want. I think if, if you want to have fun, have the wave, go for it. I might not participate, but I'm not going to let anybody No, out. no waves allowed in the press box. No cheering either. Jerry also hasn't paid for a ticket since like 96, maybe early. So Did you say 96? Maybe 86. I would go back to you. Yeah, and he's, he's, so he's definitely not participating in anything. All right, we have John here because we do want to talk about the trade deadline that is fast approaching. Usually the Orioles are sellers at the deadline, uh, have been in the past. Will they truly be buyers this time around, John? What's your feeling? I think so. And I also thought about like sitting in front of a room full of Orioles fans and saying, no, they wouldn't be. I thought that would be <laughs> how that would go over. I don't think that would have gone well. I, I Does do anyone think... there want the Orioles to make a deal? Okay. Yeah. I, I think this team has, you know, performed really, really well these last three, four months. And I think that even if it's ahead of schedule, even if it's not the plan, um, the opportunities are there to make this team better. I know that, you know, within the clubhouse, they won't say that there's any holes, but, but, you know, Adam, you can probably speak to this just as well as anybody, you know, there were two options in 2014, either you were facing Andrew Miller in the playoffs or he was coming out of your bullpen. And even if the Orioles think they are in a great place and think their farm system is, is, you know, top notch and they want to be take part in, they want to let that group, you know, carry them into the future. Other teams are going to upgrade, too. So I think that given that, the Orioles should participate in that. I already said this, that we never had a chance to get a true ace because we didn't have the cash with the prospects. Now they have the cash with the prospects. You can get a true ace. And there's nothing against the guys that, are, that have been throwing. I mean, Kramer, he's been, you got Kramer projected to almost 200 innings. Uh, Bradish, same thing. Got a lot of guys that are, you know, Gibson obviously being the leader and the catalyst of that staff. You got guys that are on the pace to throw the most innings of their career. That's great. When you're trying to win a championship and you have the cash when it comes to prospects and guys that are good and prove themselves, you can you can afford to give them up. Um, the question is who? There's always been the question. The Orioles have the most top 100 prospects, and if you go 250, they even have even more. Who do you give up? Because it's like, I love that guy. People fell in love with this guy. When he gets called up, we fall in love with this guy. And, you know, they're doing this cowbell and they're doing different things. Who do you, you know, 
I was I was traded. I was the number one prospect in the organization. Jackson Holiday is off limits. I've heard that. I've heard that. I was off limits too. Who do you trade? I think the Orioles can get a starting pitcher without trading one of those top 100 guys. And I think that is going to be really, really um, interesting to see whether they want to do that. Uh, they have, I believe it's eight top 100 prospects right now. Um, you know, I don't want to break news on your podcast. I guess I will. Um, people can subscribe. Like I'm scouts are texting me asking, do you think they would go from this for this trade, that trade? And these are people on selling teams with starting pitchers. And, and they're not talking about guys who are in the top 100 list. You know, they're not talking about like top 10 prospects. If the Orioles want to go that route and do that, I think there's going to be a market for it. The question is how much they value these players. You know, they want as many bites of the apple as possible because they're not going to be able to sign the caliber and of free agents that the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays are. So they want to have as many chances to have as many good players under control for a long time as they can. And the question is, can you spare one? Can you spare two? I think us sitting up here, these people sitting around us, like they might say, yeah, you could probably spare one or two to get this team deep into October. But that is going to be the calculation they're going to be making. What would it take to get a Dylan Cease? That's an ace. We, we said, I mean, I've, I've mentioned Corbin Burns. The yep. Brewers are in first place. Woodruff, the Brewers are in first place. Snell, the Padres aren't that good. Snell is a tough one because... He's a free agent to be. Cease has two years of control after this year. So you get two and a half. It's basically getting a Soto. He's not Juan Soto, so he's not going to get the haul of, you know, break your, your first top five prospects. But what about a guy like that? I, I think somebody like that, you have to go with, with a guy that people are really excited about. You know, I if I had to put an off-limits tier, I would say Jackson Holiday is off-limits. I, I don't think the Orioles will trade from the big league roster at this point, which probably takes Colton Cowser out of the mix. But – for a controllable starting pitcher like that, you're looking at a Heston Kerstad, you're looking at a Kobe Mayo, two guys that are having fantastic seasons. Um, I don't know if they would be necessarily untouchables, but those are the kinds of guys that you need to trade if you're going to get a pitcher who's going to be on your on your team for multiple postseasons and help you do that. Adam, you were just saying in the last podcast, you were happy. I mean, as a player, you, you like, as Buck would say, I like our guys. I like the guys in the room right now. We don't need an outsider to come in. But it does sometimes give the team a boost, I would like with Andrew Miller. I mean, it's it's as a player, you're like, I love these guys. I've been through everything with these guys. You know, I know their families, their kids. Um, but then it's the reality is we're going again. If you're trying to be a playoff team, you're going to go against the one and twos only. You need a one and two. Some of these years we didn't have the one and two, but we rolled out with what we had. And I'll always fight for my guys. But we also didn't have the cash prospects to go get somebody. This year they have that. Now, are they going for it this year? Or is it a process in building a dynasty that you see in Houston where they just say, you know, we keep a couple prospects, we go get a guy, and then we ride it out because we believe that, you know, we, you know, we believe in our farm system that we can continue to produce very good teams. Or because, again, Houston is a little bit, don't take this out of context. More desirable than Baltimore, unfortunately. In terms of, if you ask a wife, do you want to go to Baltimore, New York, Boston? Come on. Um, it's just reality. I'm talking about sports. I'm just talking about sports. And Houston, in that division, is a very desirable city. So how do you get guys to come here, opposed to how you can get guys to lure them to Houston? Well, I think that's part of the reason the Orioles 
have done what they've done pretty much since your your time with the team left. They know they're not going to be able to spend with those attractive markets, those bigger cities, those teams that sign free agents and get, you know, whoever they want every offseason. They know that, you know, the way to get those kind of players to Baltimore is to draft them or trade for them and have them be on the Orioles for multiple years when they're not making a lot of money. So given that, you know, that philosophy has gotten them to where we're sitting right now, where we're sitting here a week before the trade deadline and the Orioles are in first place. And like, I don't really think a lot of people would have thought about that. Um, no, I don't think they had that forecasted. No, no. And I think even internally, you know, I think there was a lot of trepidation within the front office because you mentioned Houston, you know, they got good after a few years and then they had a year where they didn't make the playoffs, but the expectations were high. And they really thought the expectations entering this year were, were probably higher than they should have been. Now, now we're sitting here at the trade deadline talking about trading for Dylan Cease. And, you know, if this happened last night before Sports Illustrated said Shohei Otani wasn't getting traded, we probably would have been talking about Shohei Otani. Like, that's the position the Orioles are in. So do you allow what's gotten them this far to continue or do they pivot? And I think that's what we're going to find out in the next week. That's what I'm really fascinated to find out. I don't know that there needs to be seismic changes, but I don't know that as this team is presently constituted, given the fact that pretty much everyone's this division is probably going to upgrade in the next week if they can just chill out and say, you know, we're going to be good this year and maybe we'll be good in 2025 too. Like, that's going to be a tough sell, and I'm glad I'm not going to be the one that has to sell it if they're doing it. What was your reaction, like, the other day? I mean, for a week now, I've been getting questions, Otani to Baltimore, what about Otani? I, to me, there's a 0% chance of that occurring, and the Angels went on the record. I don't know if I believe him. I, they could trade him in three days. Uh, he threw very well, obviously, in his last appearance, allowing one hit. But were the Orioles ever player? I mean, in serious contention for this guy? He threw a complete game a today. Threw a one-hitter. Complete game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you down you, – you, like – Coming you, off all this coming talk. Off, like, yeah. you, like, you know, you – I didn't doubt Chat on it. his complete game. No, I didn't. Complete game, bro. He threw a phenomenal game. And he was a I shat on it because I shat on it because it was in Detroit. <laughs> I wish he was in a better city. So it brings up his trade stock. But it's in Detroit, so you can't necessarily But the Orioles. I mean Otani and the Orioles. Was that ever really in the cards? Maybe. I'm sure they made a call. Um I, I assume that the asking price, you know, given what the Orioles think about their own players and what the Angels probably think of the Orioles players, I'm sure it was a quick phone call. But, like, I assume a lot of those phone calls are being made this time of year. You got to make those calls. And for Otani, I mean, that's a rebuilding of an organization. The Angels, again, I've seen them go get Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, which is good. I, I like both those guys. Thought the Orioles could have used them, but there's a lot to give up for such a short rental. For Otani, that's a different ball game. You're 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 rebuilding again, and you're you're starting another organization because that's what it costs to get him. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. yeah. And somebody somebody mentioned to me, you know, oh, he's on a six man rotation. Like he'll only, you know, he'll only pitch once in a playoff series, but he'll bat third every single game, and like that's good too. Yeah, we need a five man rotation. Yeah, I need him to throw more often. John, I, I did want to ask you about the Orioles' uh, postseason chances. It seems like they are going to be playing into October. Uh, they would have to go into a complete collapse. But what about the prospects? Obviously not of just the wild card, but things seem to turn down in Tampa, and now they're looking at the division. I think that needs to be the goal at this point. You know, you saw how Brandon Hyde managed in those, in those Tampa games. He was not leaving anything to chance you know Felix Batista was up every day there was a lead um he was being pretty aggressive with you know and has been for 
for the last month or so with the pinch hitters off the bench. I think the Orioles have gotten a lot of value off using their whole roster. But the way that they managed that series and kind of approached that and kind of said, look, we need to win these games because these mean a lot against the Rays. I think they value the idea of winning this division, being one of the top two seeds and getting that buy and being able to reset everything, you know. We're talking about a lot of pitchers who don't have a lot of innings left when you get to October. So if they can skip that wild card series and just get to chill out and wait for somebody to come to Baltimore, you know, go through a dogfight, a three-game playoff series, and then come here to face a fresh Orioles team, I think that needs to be the you know, that needs to be the goal. That's a really, really attractive incentive. I'm, I'm sure as somebody who's done it and played 162 and then gotten one, two days off or no days off, like that rest probably feel probably feels really good. Oh, it's, it, the rest is tremendous. People don't realize that. You need the rest. Orioles' biggest need, or not necessarily, because, again, I'll, I'm, I'm both. I'm, they need somebody, but they don't. I think they could do well to add, you know, somebody to pitch in like a high leverage reliever for the middle part of the game. You know, when Michael Givens came up in his first stint, you know, there was already Brad Brock there. There was already Dan O'Day there. You know, Zach Britton's closed and he wasn't going to pitch in the late innings. But Buck would call on him, you know, when there's two two guys on in the sixth inning, you know, somebody gets tired and puts a couple guys on. And Michael Givens would come in in those leverage situations as like the fourth reliever in the bullpen. And he would leave them there, and, and you guys would go on and, and, and win that game. Um, with him out and Dylan Tate out, there hasn't been that for, for this team. So I think that um, the trade they made with the A's really helped that and, and deepened the bullpen. But I think there's probably somewhere out there if the Orioles can go and do that. Because then you don't have to ask your starter to pitch, you know, to finish that sixth inning when they don't have it. You don't have to, to ask as much of these guys who might not have as much to give. So to me, I think if they add – a reliable reliever who who can who can kind of clean up those messes that the starters leave and then reset the bullpen and let the rest of the game play out naturally. I think that would be pretty helpful. Last question I have for you is outside the trade deadline. And a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast and gone ahead and rated it and write, written a review, Jackson's out there with those free Duncan cards for anyone. Just raise your hand and he will be over to you. But I wanted to ask you about what's going on with the stadium lease, and should we be nervous over that? Uh, there was a, a deadline mentioned by the owner, John Angelos, at the All-Star break. That went by, put out not one but two statements. I had to have a quote from him in the second. So where are things going with this lease? Because the Ravens are part of it. They've signed on the dotted line. What's going on with the Orioles? Oh, gosh, Jerry. Um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but it's no, it's 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 a legit question. It's a real right question. Um, I think that there will be a lease done. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I, would, I would if I had to side with with anyone, I would side with the person on the I think it was the state treasurer who was kind of started asking, like, hey, what are we doing here? Like this money is on the table. Um, it seems like there's interest from both sides, from the Orioles, from the state, from the city to make something happen. Um, I am not. First in in real estate development or anything business related whatsoever. Um, I write about baseball and, and and that's the extent of it. But but I think that I don't understand why it's so complicated. I don't understand what what the holdup is. And and given everything that's happening with this team, for for this to be hanging over things still, you know, I think that all these public statements make it pretty clear that you know there is going to be a lease. This team will be here. But but this is not like this is not something that people around this city and who care about this team take lightly and for the Orioles to be having the season they're having on the field and to turn their on-field performance around the way they have and brought people back for this still to be hanging over things it's 
it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel good. And, and I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate to that feeling. True. Absolutely. John, appreciate you coming by again. It's an off night for John as well with the Orioles being off. We'll see you at the yard this weekend. And uh, thanks for being a part of the podcast again. John Mignoli from the Baltimore band. Thank you. All right, Adam. Let me say we uh, wrap things up and put a bow and tie on the program uh, with another edition of Socially Speaking. Get more people shots. Yeah. And, uh, then we'll get to some Q&A after the podcast, but people do reach out to us via social media, our platforms at Adam Jones Pod on Twitter, Facebook. Why did you decide to do a podcast with Jerry Coleman? <laughs> she did write, though. I miss listening to him on the radio. Mary, no relation, but thank you for the uh, correspondence. Uh, Why? Oof. No oof. one else was available? Uh, oof. Uh, man, I mean. No, I mean, it was obviously opportunity arose. You were let go at the 107, 105.7, and uh, opportunity arose. Me and Reggie were, my brother-in-law, where he at, big, tall, uh, drink of milk. He was... Uh, he opened up the whole program. Yeah, he, when me and him had a podcast going on and, you know, needed more substance. We were just shooting a, out in Japan, and uh, we, were, we were having a good time, but we needed more substance, and, you know... The opportunity arose, and it's been great. You get on my damn nerves, and as you do everyone else. But uh, I just think that that's your uh, your footprint in the city of Baltimore and everywhere else you step or drive. I'm sure Sarasota doesn't like you as much either. No, um, but no, it's been great. We've we've again we've shared knowledge, we've shared stories, we've we've crossed paths with people at different points of their individual careers. So it's been a uh, it's been an educational. Uh, experience for me because you've been around this game and you've been around guys a lot longer and more prolific than I have. So uh, the stories you have um, are a little cringing, and, um, but they're, they're, they're great stories nonetheless. I was telling Hicks a story about Muhammad Ali and bothering him for 13 autographs uh, back in 1980. He was like, 13? Really? Oh, God. See, like, I mean, the guy was just... Yeah, yeah well... I was a young kid at the time. I'm not going to say how young. I, I do remember, though, the name of your previous podcast you did with Reggie. And I do remember our first meeting with the banner approaching them about the title of the podcast. And uh, that's why we're called the Adam Jones. It was podcast. perfect. It was called Heckle D's. And obviously you can figure out what D's mean. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, was, it was perfect. I mean, people yell at me. So it's my turn to yell at you. I mean, it was just a re role reversal. So, I mean, what was the big problem, Banner? Well, now it's uh, a collector's item, anything that has that label on it. All right. Another correspondence. This one comes from Be More Bachelorette on Instagram. Very nice. She responded uh, to our question because we were off last week on Instagram. Adam, what were the biggest differences playing baseball in Japan versus the good old USA here in America? Oh, um. Hmm. I mean, obviously, they I wouldn't say worked harder. They did way more work. We took we took way more infield. The food was great. You know, we got good food. But I'm talking about you talking about the baseball. Uh, they, they it felt like instructional league or if you ever been down in the first week of spring training, it felt like that every single day that I was there, which is way too much work. OK, spring training is six weeks of hell. It's just like training camp, the NBA camp, everybody's spring trainings. Once the season starts, you focus on the season. No, not over there. 
They are working tirelessly. I had to text my interpreter. I will not be participating in batting practice today, uh, ground balls, anything. I am not participating in this, maybe for the next month. And uh, it, it, But it was a different experience. It Obviously, it playing with um, the Japanese players and Asian players in general, I got to see their work ethic and their hunger and their want to be in MLB. So over there, it was cool to see their hunger to obviously want to stay in their league and then see the good guys who wanted to come over to MLB as in um, uh, Yamamoto, who's no, it's not Yamamoto. I'm sorry. Yoshida, who's uh, in um, in Boston right now. He was a teammate of mine. And I said that he could hit the first day I seen him and he got himself a 90 million dollar contract because not because of me, obviously, because of his talent. And there's again, there's a selective few guy, guys over there that can play. And, you know, I've pinpointed those and trust me i tell my wife all the time like this guy wouldn't oof, was otani a name people were talking about when you were playing in japan he was on billboard selling bank ads <laughs> really okay selling bank ads and on side some like the drinks and all that kind of stuff yeah each year old next to him yeah <laughs> hand in we were talking earlier with aaron hicks about trash talking does that exist over in japan no or you just don't understand, no, they, didn't understand what they were telling you they don't I, and no trust me the first things i learned was all the bad things and <laughs> um no they don't trash talk you can't talk to the umpires if you look back the umpire will like act like it's some form of disrespect i look back i was, <laughs> I was definitely sodom of, 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 of it all but Strike uh, one? um but i would look back and i would say japanese phrases and he'd be like huh because the the thing was if you cussed over there they knew the american cussing so i didn't cuss yeah i did um but i would say things in japanese and he it would shock them it would shock the catchers too so i would uh, you know i tried to have fun with it it was the last years of my career it, the worst thing i could do would go over there and be unappreciative for the opportunity so i just I just bask in the glory of the Japanese and just enjoyed their culture. Enjoyed a hell of a lot of meat and sushi, ramen, and whiskey. Kobe, Wagyu. The thing is, we need to get this straight. Look at man. Wagyu is Japanese cow. Just, okay. That's equal. Kobe is, a, is, a, is, a, is an area of, of prefecture or province. The best one to get right now is a Miyazaki beef. If you go to a restaurant, you see Miyazaki, get it. It's better than Kobe. Miyazaki B. All right. I, really want, I learned something tonight. They don't have out here, which is, uh, which one is that, Audi? Um, Awaji beef. It's this little island, and they only have the beef on the island. You cannot get it anywhere else. It's a drive over from a bridge, a bridge from Kobe, but they won't. Uh, ship it back here to the states i asked them they said it was illegal <laughs> i ain't trying to get i've seen locked up abroad i don't want to be over there <laughs> hell no all right i'll wait for i'll wait till they uh <laughs> locked up abroad <laughs> all right on that note we do want to thank our sponsors by our good friends at the Weinman company by Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
by Jack Daniels. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any-size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Sure smells like Royal Farms fried chicken. Best fast food fried chicken in America. You ever try it? Hey, you hungry? Royal Farms World Famous Chicken. If you haven't tried it, you don't know what you're missing. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. We also want to thank you for coming out tonight and thank, of course, our executive producer, Chip Franklin. He's back in San Diego doing all the hard work. This podcast will be released tomorrow morning. Uh, we, we do appreciate everyone being here. We thank Aaron Hicks for coming out on an off night. John Mioli for the Baltimore banner as well. We'll see you next week. Dean Kramer is scheduled to be with us. Be real, be kind, and be back next week for another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast. <laughs> 